So the big question is this. You're a freediver or a spear fisherman, and you have a strong desire to improve your freediving abilities. You're just not quite sure how. That is the question, and my podcast, Freedive Live, is your answer. Join me as I take a deep dive into all things freediving and discover even more about this amazing sport that has given me so much. My name is Ted Hardy. I teach people to freedive deeper, stay longer, and become safer. Welcome to Freedive Live, episode number 15. Happy to be creating a new episode of the podcast. Took a little bit of break for a while. Um, had some big things happening. We decided to move up to the North Georgia mountains permanently. So we uh, went down to Fort Lauderdale, got that place ready to go on the market, which will be happening very soon. Also got a new puppy named Whiskey Jack, uh, another golden retriever. So our boy Dexter has got a play, playmate. They're getting along fabulously. It's so much fun that they just fight constantly in that, fight constantly in that, but it's, it's been great. So, but anyway, we're back in uh, the place in Georgia and getting back to getting back to normal and doing the podcast and the other things that I've been doing. So happy to, happy to be back. In this episode, I will share why you should become a freediving instructor. A couple of episodes ago, I did an episode titled, So You Want to Be a Freediving Instructor. And after listening to it, I mean, I had a lot of good feedback on it. A lot of people thank me for it. But listening to it, it was a little bit of <laughs> why you should not be a freediving instructor. You know, a lot of people think freediving instructor is this amazing thing. And I was trying to explain what the reality of the job is. And I stand by everything that I said, but I also wanted to do an episode where I encourage you to be a freediving instructor because there's a lot of awesome things about being a freediving instructor. And so that's what I'm going to focus on today. Let me be clear. Teaching freediving is awesome. It is one of the coolest. It's one of the funnest things uh, I have done. And it's given me a ton of opportunities that I would not have uh, if I hadn't been uh, teaching freediving. One of the reasons that I am encouraging anyone who's listening to become a freediving instructor is we just, we need more instructors out there teaching people how to do this sport safely. I mean, I say this all the time. People ask me, is freediving safe? Uh, no, the way most people do it, it's not, right? We wouldn't have the fatality issues that we have if it was safe, right? So the way I always say it is the way most people do it, no, it's, it's not safe. The way, you know, myself and all the other instructors teach Absolutely, it's safe, right? We teach that you need to be diving in the team. You need to be one up, one down. When you hit the surface, you want someone close enough to grab you so that if you have a problem, they can be fixed. And all these things make the sport incredibly safe. But many of the people that participate in freediving, freediving spearfishing, they haven't taken a course. They don't do these basic things. And basically, if someone blacks out, they just sink to the bottom of the ocean, they're dead. And that's it. And that's just it. For years, I've always been saying we need more instructors, but now I would qualify that statement a, a little more than I used to. We need a certain type of instructor, and it might not be what we're getting. There's lots of reasons people become freediving instructors, right? I hear people say things like, oh, it's great because I can pay for my freediving, right? Because like now I can get the carbon fiber fins that I wanted and the, you know, the wetsuit that I wanted. And I get an Instagram account and it's super cool because all the cool people are freediving instructors. And it's like the cool thing to do. That's great. Not taking anything away from that. But that's not exactly what we need. We need freediving instructors, especially spearfishing freediving instructors 
who are committed to promoting the safety first mentality loudly and proudly. We need instructors, especially people that are out there spearfishing, that are role models, that are out there spearfishing, that are out there loudly and proudly saying, look, we're, we're diving one up, one down. We're closing up the grab. We're watching each other. We're hunting as a team. We're doing better because we hunt as a team than when we used to fight you know, each other as individuals. I believe most instructors teach you know the rules, right? The do's, the don'ts. Do like this. Don't do like this. Here's how you fix someone if they have a blackout uh, and you want to dive like this. Uh, and I'll talk about this more later in the podcast, but... But telling people the rules is great. I assume every freediving class does that. But but what we need is instructors that are passionate and committed to convincing your students to implement those rules after they leave you. And that's difficult, especially if your students are spear fishermen and they leave your class and they're bombarded by people that don't do any of the things that you talked about. We need instructors who are committed and focused to creating an environment where encourages their students to dive in a safe manner, right? Even if you're not an instructor, good Lord, the spearfishing community needs this. I mean, I, I see so many, you know, my students and other students, and I love it when I see this, I wish we did more of this, is, you know, they're posting the picture of the fish or whatever, and then they're putting, and we did this hunting in a three-person team, you know, hashtag one up, one down, all these things, because, you know, there's so many people that that hunt that way, but they don't talk about it. And so, you know, it's hard for people that are new to the sport to know they're like, oh, that's the thing, right? If we had more spear fishermen, especially the big name ones that are super popular, uh, that do hunt in teams and do believe in all these things, one up, one down, close enough to grab, like, you know, they and and they added that on to all the things they do on Instagram and show that, hey, we're actually diving safely, that would do so, so much, right? I've always said it can't just be, we need more instructors for sure, but it can't just be the freediving instructors that are promoting safety. It's so much more powerful when it comes from the spearfishing community itself. One of the questions I ask my students the first day of class is, why are you here? And over and over, I, get thing, I would hear students say things like, well, my buddies won't let me dive with them anymore because they've all taken a class with me or someone else. And, and they're like, yeah, you, we, we don't trust you. You got to go take a class. And that's awesome because that's the community. That's, that guy's buddies saying, we won't dive with you anymore until you go take this program so that you can save us if something happens to us, right? Because, you know, taking a free diving class is great because you can save your buddy. If they have a problem, but ultimately we're selfish people. Like who's going to save me, right? So that's why you want the person that you're diving with to not only take a class, but to implement the things that they learned. One of the things that makes me so mad, odd, it just irritates the hell out of me, is hearing about freediving instructors. I assume every freediving instructor says what they're supposed to say. It says you're supposed to dive with a team, one up, one down, all those things, right? Like, I, I don't believe there are freediving instructors out there that say it's okay to dive by yourself if you're diving in 30 feet or whatever the thing is. But when, I can assume they don't do that. Um but when the freediving instructor then goes out there and goes spearfishing by himself or goes spearfishing with a group of people and one's 50 feet over here, the other one's 50, and they're not, imp they're not remotely diving in a team. They're not watching each other. They're not doing one up, one down. That's so frustrating. Like, I wish those people would get their freediving instructor license yanked away from them uh, because it, it does such a disservice, right? Because if you're in there in class and you're saying you need to do these things, one up, one down, you need to watch all these things, and then you go out spearfishing and you don't do those things, right? People are going to know that you do that because there's people there. And it just, it totally destroys this 
premise that you're saying of you have to be safe and do those things when you go out there and do the opposite. What that's going to tell the spear vision community, what that's going to tell your students is, oh, when he was in class, he has to say, like, you know, do the things because that's what the manual says. But, 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 you know, when he goes out and he's diving on his own, he doesn't really do those things. So, like, you know, I, I get it. Like, you know, I don't really have to do those things because he doesn't do those things. I mean, why, why would a student <laughs> do any of the things that you're talking about if they know that you go out and don't do those things? I'm actually really interested. I should reach out to the, all the free diving agencies and it would be interesting to do that. It's curious, like, do they have a policy? for what happens if like free diving instructors are blatantly not diving safely. I'm going to be very interested to see what they, how they answer that. But yeah, we need instructors that are going to promote safety, especially to the spirit community, and then actually do, do the things, right? That's what we need. I was lucky enough to take my free diving, my first free diving course with uh, Kirk and Mandy, you know, the people that started performance free diving, taking all my courses, <laughs> intermediate, advanced, all the things, instructor trainer directly from Kirk, which was amazing. And I've dove with Kirk on multiple projects and multiple things outside of the class environment. Guess what? When he hits the surface. I'm right next to him. I'm watching him for 30 seconds. We're doing three hook, three cleansing. Like we do the things that we're supposed to do. If I dove with Kirk and he didn't make me do those things, it's like, ah, that's okay. Like, you know, you're Ted, you're a 200 foot diver. You're good. I'm good. We've got experience. Like, and if he didn't make us do those things, that would make me believe like, oh, maybe, you know, you know, we're experienced enough. We don't need to do those things. But no, like when I'm diving with him, we do just like we're supposed to, because that's the way you're supposed to do it. That's the only way the safety thing works. <laughs> if you actually implement the things 100% of the time. Now I'll share the reasons I think teaching freediving is so fun and why you should consider it as well. Also, if you are interested in becoming a freediving instructor, you should also listen to episode 13, where I talked a little bit about the reality of what it's like to actually be a freediving instructor. A lot of instructors get addicted to teaching. And what I mean by that is, and I, I don't mean freediving, I mean scuba, yoga, martial arts, whatever it is that you do. I know one guy's a paramoto instructor, is a past student of mine, so I know that's addicting. Um, but what I mean is, they get addicted to teaching, is it is so amazing to take a student who cannot do whatever the thing is, right? Free diving, scuba diving, paramotor, yoga, martial arts, whatever. And they come in thinking that they can't do these things and with encouragement and knowledge and, and you shape them and you motivate them and all these sort of things. And then you get them out the other end, able to do this thing that they didn't think they could do. It's just awesome. It's so rewarding. It's so neat to you know watch these transformations and get to see it. Several months ago, I was out fly fishing now with a, I had a guide because I learned how to fly fish and the guide, I was really, really good. Whenever I, I love acquiring new skills. And so I always, you know, try to get lessons or a guide or whatever. And I always expect the person to be very good at what they do. I also, because I'm an instructor snob, expect them to be terrible at teaching, right? Like I expect them to be good at what it is they're doing, but not good at teaching. And so I'm always pleasantly surprised when I get someone that's both. And this guy was awesome. He was obviously very good at fly fishing. He was great instructor and coaching us and all that sort of stuff. It was really, really cool. One of the things he said, why he has the coolest job is he goes, I have so many families that come out here, right? You know, the grandfather and the grandchildren or the husband and the wife or the dad and the son or all, all these family combinations. And they come out here and they fly fish and they catch their first fish. And that is a lifelong memory for these people. And he goes, this is just the coolest thing that I get to be a part of like so many 
lifetime memories and you know i do everything i can to shape these things and these moments and all this stuff and so it's just it's it's really really cool you know teaching freediving to me it's 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 the same thing but it's it's on a much intense more intense or higher level whatever you want to call it getting these people to do these things that they think they couldn't do my entry level course the first you know they've just sat down and they haven't been sitting down for long and i talk about that the average student is going to do a two and a half to a three and a half minute breath hold in the class. And they're just like, you know, they're rolling their eyes. I mean, what's this guy smoking? Like, there's no, you know, there's no way I can only hold my breath for 30 seconds. Right. And so they refuse to believe that. Right. Then we go to the pool and almost everyone is going to be able to easily do those things. Then as we're getting ready to go to the ocean, I say on your third dive, your third dive in the ocean, not only are you going to be at 50 feet easily, you're going to be pissed at me because I'm going to be pointing at you saying you have to go up and you're not going to want to. If you're awesome, you know, they're just like, oh my God, what is ridiculous. There's no way I can, you know, when I get past 20 feet, my head's going to explode. Right. And the third dive in the ocean, assuming they can do Frenzel, almost every single student I've ever had, their third dive in the ocean, they're going to be at 50 feet and they're going to feel great. And they're going to just be blown away. Right. Now, let's say this is the intermediate class, right? Not my intro level class, but let's say it's an intermediate class. I'm then going to, you know, say, you know, the, the average student is going to be able to do a hundred foot dive in the third ocean session and they're rolling their eyes. I'm like, look, I said I was right about the breath hold. I said what you knew from the breath hold, you rolled your eyes at me. I said, you know, that your third dive in the ocean, you're going to be at 50 feet, feel completely relaxed and comfortable, and you rolled your eyes at me. And now the last day of the intermediate class, I'm saying, most of you guys can be 100 feet. I'm like, stop rolling your, your eyes at me, right? So it's it's so cool to, to see this because freediving, they just, they don't believe they can hold the breath that long. They don't believe they can dive that deep and they assume that if they could, it must be awful and panicky and painful and all these things. And it's, it's so amazing to watch them accomplish these things on their own. I mean, this is something they're doing on their own. And I feel like I have this wonderful privilege to be able to guide all these, you know, students over, you know, since a long time, right through this process and, and then, and then I have the added benefit of trying to mold them and 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 get them to believe the things that I believe in their approach to freediving. It's just awesome. It's so it's so 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 cool. If you are considering becoming uh, an instructor, I want you to understand is don't make the mistakes that I did. Right. So I always like that phrase, like my mess is my message. When I started, I did not. I did, I measurably did a very poor job of teaching safety. Now, when I say that, you might be going, what? I, I, I mean a very specific thing when I say I did a poor job of teaching safety. What most people think that means is I, I taught safety poorly, but that's not, that's not what I meant. I was teaching them how to do the rescues, how to do everything, how to, you know, if someone has lost motor control, this is how you fix it, that you need to dive in teams, one up, one down. I taught all of that stuff. And so now you're going, well, what did you teach so poorly? What I found out like, I'll, I'll, I'll never forget this. It was my second freediving class I ever taught. It was somewhere in California. Um, and I was in the parking lot after the course was over. And this guy was all excited. He was like, oh, Ted, I just want to thank you so much. Like, that class was amazing. I couldn't believe how easy those 100-foot dives were. It was just amazing. Um, you know, I'm just going to let you know. Like, I'm still going to dive by myself. And if I die, like, you know, it's not it's not your fault. But I mean, like, oh, my God, the course is amazing. It was so awesome. Right? And I'm sitting here going, like, thank, thank, thank you. Like, 
I think, I guess. I, I don't know. Like, I, I, you know, I, so after like four days of trying to convince him to die safely, you know, I, that didn't work. I figured maybe I'll get it five more minutes in the parking lot. And of course it didn't work either. But, um, you know, that was kind of like the first, I was like, well, told him what to do and he's going to not do it. Like I, you know, I can't control that. Um, and I just kind of wrote it off. And then I remember running into one of my students. It was maybe three months after the course. And, and you know, I'm like, Hey, what's he's like, Oh man, Ted is so cool to see you. And I'm like, how's the dive? And he's like, Oh man, the dive is incredible. Like, you know, I go spearfishing all the time now. And it's so much deeper. I, I'm such a better hunter. I'm like, Oh, that's cool. Uh, where do you go? It's like, Oh, it's great. There's a, I can go, I want to get off work that I can go shore diving. And so I go, I get to go a lot. I'm like, Oh, that's cool. Who do you dive with? And he's like, Oh, well, you know, no, but you know, I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm not diving that deep. I'm thinking, I, that's not what I said. Like, I didn't say it was okay to dive by yourself if you're not diving that deep. I remember running into one of my boat captains and he said, Ted, man, it's good to see you. I saw two of your students out the other day. They were they're on my boat spearfishing. Like, oh, that's cool, right? That's how they do. He's like, oh, man, he's like, they did great, man. They did great. They brought in tons of fish. I'm like, that's cool. They were, so they're doing one up, one down. He's like, what? I'm like, yeah, you know, like, one, like there was one on the surface and he's like looking at me. I'm trying to explain. He's like, no, they were just like two different directions. That was the third time I heard stories of my students absolutely not implementing the safety procedures that I taught. And each time I heard that story, in the back of my head, I'm like, well, look, if I tell them what to do and they choose not to do it, that's on them. Like, you know, it's not my fault. I told them what to do. And then I had that little annoying thought. And it comes up in my instructor program. When I teach instructor programs, I tell the instructor candidates that 80% of the time when your students make a mistake, 80% of the time, it's your fault as the instructor. Sure, sometimes students just make mistakes, but the majority of the time, it's your fault. And I had that thought go through my head as I was saying, well, hey, you know, if I told them what to do, they don't do it. That's on them. And I'm like, wait a minute. Every time I hear about my students, they're not diving safely. And then I started actively really, really, really trying to find out how my students were diving. I couldn't find any instance of my students diving safely. I'm like, holy cow, Like, what am I doing? Like none of my guys are diving safely at all. Uh, and that's when I realized it wasn't them. It was me. It was me. I was not, I was doing a poor job of teaching safety. What I grasped instantly when I finally came to that realization is I was giving them the rules and I was very good at giving them rules. The rules are do this, do this, do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. If someone blacks out, this is how you fix it. I would make them, I would test that they could do underwater blackouts and lost motor. I would, I would test them thoroughly. And when they left me, they could do everything perfectly. But I just gave them the rules. What I did not do is I did not convince them to implement the procedures that I taught them. I taught them the procedures, but I got no buy-in. I didn't convince them to implement, right? Because in the freediving class, they are forced to do what I say, because if they don't, I'm going to holler like a banshee, right? But when they leave me, they can do whatever they want. So that's when I realized I needed to change the way I was teaching safety. I did a lot of things. First thing I did was I, I, I took that, you know, maybe it was like a 30, 45 minutes section and I turned it into like a two and a half, three hour section. You know, back then, a lot of the videos that we were showing were of competitive freedivers having 
blackouts, I was started to, you know, get some good videos of, you know, all my students were spearfishing. And so like, if, if they see a competitive free diver have a blackout after six minutes static or, you know, 200 foot dive, they're like, yeah, well, of course they dove to 200 feet. I'm only diving to 40 feet. It's not applicable. So I was trying to find stuff that was more applicable to my students, which were spearfishermen. Still the best videos, uh, Rin Chapman shot up from Evolve free diving. That's the best video out there of showing an underwater spearfishing blackout. I just started changing the way that I did everything. I'm not going to go through all the things, but, but what I'll tell you is in order to convince people to be safe, you have to understand where they're coming from and you have to be able to understand this argument because you're going to hear this over and over and over again. Ted, I appreciate all that safety stuff you're talking about, but I've never had a problem. I don't, I don't push myself. You see, in fact, I just, I, I, I just come up before I black out. I've never had a problem. Therefore, I know I'm being safe. Uh, and if you don't really have a good answer to that, which I never did, I just kept saying, yeah, but you're not safe. And they're like, yeah, but <laughs> Ted, I've been doing it for 20 years. I've never had a problem. Therefore, I'm safe. I'm like, oh, you're not safe. You, you need to be able to address that argument and, and others like it. One of the ways I explain that is, you know, I say, look, yes, you've never had a problem. That's awesome. I hope you can continue to say that. But the nature of that argument is you will always be able to say you've never had a problem until you're dead. Like you can die for 25 years and never have a blackout. And then you have one blackout and you don't have a buddy there. And because he's 50 feet down the reef trying to shoot a fish and you sink down the bottom of the ocean, you're dead. And you can't say... No longer, I've never had a problem. That's the way that argument works. But I'm not going to go through all of that. What I will tell you is if you're an instructor and you want to learn all the things that I use to teach safety, it's really, it's it's more about the arguments that you use. You have to have used good arguments. And my website, freedivingsafety.com, if you go through that website, you're, you're basically going to watch me teach all the things that I teach in my program. And so just copy what I do. Use the arguments that I use. Uh, they're effective. And hopefully they will be able to convince your students that when they leave you to actually implement these safe diving practices. The, the fatalities that happen out there in spearfishing, it's so frustrating because they're so preventable. They're so preventable. But, you know, they have a bazillion reasons why they don't want to have a person wave from them on the surface. And that's why we have the fatalities that we have use my experience and just steal it. And hopefully it will help, help help you convince your students to dive safely. Let's talk about the difference between teaching free diving and teaching scuba. Don't worry, even if you're not a scuba instructor, I'm still going to be addressing why I enjoy teaching free diving so much. And at the end, I'm going to give advice if you are considering becoming a free diving instructor and how I can actually help you. For me, the difference was very apparent and why I get so excited about teaching freediving is I had a background of teaching scuba. And I loved teaching scuba diving. But man, there are so many differences between teaching scuba and freediving that made me realize how, how much more awesome it is to teach freediving than scuba diving. And I, I have nothing against scuba diving. I still scuba dive. I, there's time and a place for it. And it's really cool to do a 100-foot wreck dive on a, a tank, right? I mean, like, I can't do that freediving. But I will, I will tell you, I love teaching freediving so much more than teaching scuba. And let me explain why. So first off, there's the relationship between the student and the instructor, right? So I used to work in the Keys, Ed Marathon, at Tilden Scuba Center. When a student would walk into Tilden Scuba Center for their open water class, they did not care who was teaching them. They weren't excited 
to hear what I had to say about scuba diving. They're just, they're not, right? What they want is they want to go scuba diving. That they want. And they know they have to, forced to go through this process, right? You have to sit in this room with this person and teach the classroom and you have to go to the pool and do these things and you have to take a test and you have to do the dives in the ocean and then they, you know, they say you can go scuba diving. So in general, that's what you got. They didn't place any value on me as the instructor, right? I was just the thing that they had to deal with to get scuba to get scuba certified. Now, I mean, obviously there were some students that were super excited about it, but there were tons of students that weren't. It just, you know, the attitude was just obvious, right? Like I used to always say, my least favorite student was a really successful, you know, middle-aged business person, right? He doesn't care at all about what I have to say about scuba diving. He's just there to be forced to go through the process. So the relationship between the student and and the instructor was just different. Now, I'm not trying to make it sound like it was awful, but it's just different, and you'll understand when I compare it to free diving. That scuba student has to go through me or someone like me to go scuba diving. There's no other option. Free diving, you do not have to take a free diving course to go free diving. You can go in the pool and hold your breath for as long as you want. You can go on someone's boat and free dive as deep as you want. You can go spearfishing, do all these things. No one is going to stop you from doing any of that. You do not need to take a freediving class to go freediving. Now, there's lots of issues because most people that freedive have not taken a freediving class and that leads to the fatality rate and all the things that are going on. But but my point is, you don't have to take a class to go freediving. Here's another weird, cool, whatever, how you want to look at it thing. Every student that shows up to my class, maybe except one or two, but almost every student, let's call it 99%, 99.9% of the students that show up to my class have heard of shallow water blackout and they still signed up. That's <laughs> that's a different type of student than you get in a scuba course. Freediving students, because they don't have to be there, are so much more interested in what you have to say. There, there is, is so different. And I noticed that immediately when I started teaching free diving, I was a nobody. No one knew who I was. You know, they weren't like excited to come, you know, but they were, they were still interested, way more interested uh, in me than I was teaching scuba. So that's just awesome. I noticed that immediately the students place more value and you as an instructor than I ever experienced as a scuba instructor. When I used to teach scuba, my students had an awesome experience and I worked so hard to do this best as I could when I taught scuba. I did everything that I could to, you know, give them the best value and, and, and teach them as much as humanly possible. And I did all those things. And I was very serious about it. And when the class was over, what I would often hear is something along the lines of this. Wow, Ted, that was awesome. You opened up the underwater world to me. I, you know, now we go on vacation. We can go do these awesome things. Thank you so much. And that was cool. And I would, when they would tell me that, I was like, yeah, that's so awesome. That's so cool. The reactions you get after someone takes a freediving course, it's 
way different than that. I don't care if it's a beginner course, an intermediate course, they just, they're out of their mind. When they could only hold their breath for 45 seconds and they do a three and a half minute breath hold, they just won't shut up about it. They are so excited about what they did. When they max out the course, whether it's 60 foot or 130 feet or a hundred foot dive, whatever it is that they're doing, the the excitement is contagious and the boat trap in they're just all just running their mouths they're grinning they got their phones out they're they're doing the videos it's so cool it's so and it's just different than the excitement that you get from a scuba course because they did something on their own all by themselves there's no gear they did something that was a physical and mental challenge that they absolutely absolutely did not think they could do and they were able to do it. Such a privilege to be able to experience that and do that over and over and over again. I remember I had a buddy that worked at a dive shop and he would send customers to me to take the free diving class. And he was like, ah, he's like, Ted, he's like, your students, they just drive me nuts, right? They come back to the dive shop and I'm like, I was the class with Ted. And he's like, I don't even like to ask because just for like 20 minutes, they're just not going to shut up. They're going to be going, oh my God, oh my God. You know, they're all the same things. Like they will not shut up about it. He's like, when people learn to scuba dive, they're excited, but they don't, <laughs> they don't react in that way. Now, since we're talking about scuba, I would, I would tell you, if you're a scuba instructor and you're listening to this, I, I just, I don't see why it wouldn't be in your interest to teach a free dive, to teach free diving, right? So if you're already a scuba instructor, you're already, you're teaching with some agency and I can't imagine that agency doesn't have a free diving program because everyone teaches free diving now. It's, it's, it's awesome. Now, so here's some reasons that you, that you should, I mean, first off, you know, if I'm, if I'm hiring some scuba instructors and there's, you know, one of them's a scuba instructor and one is a scuba instructor and a free diving instructor, like, why would I like if they're, you know, as long as they're similar, I'm going <laughs> to hire the one that can teach both. I for sure found that taking that free diving class made me absolutely just that, just that I took that, you know, I wasn't an instructor or anything. I just took, took my first free diving class with PFI. It was 2008. I took the intermediate class it made me a better scuba instructor, probably more than about anything that I did. One of the reasons it was, is it taught me, reminded me about patience. Here's what I mean. I lived down in the Keys. I was a scuba instructor. I dove every day for my job. I hung around with all scuba divers. If we ever went diving, you know, not for work, it was with other scuba diver, uh, scuba instructors. So like I was always around good scuba divers. I was very good at scuba diving. When you're a scuba instructor and that's what you do for a living, yeah, you get really good at it. And it's a little hard to remember what it was like to 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 struggle. And when I took that free diving class, I had <laughs> all sorts of struggles. But I just I always remember this one in particular is one of the things they teach you is you don't want the uh, snorkel in your mouth. And I remember, you know, Kirk... Uh, telling me it was like the last day and like, I'm about to do my big dive. And he was like, all right, Ted, like things are looking pretty good, but just, you, you, you all, you, you got to remember, remember, don't put that snorkel. Remember, I can always have to remind you about that. So just make sure, you know, the snorkel side, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I got it. got it. Yeah. Thanks. You know, so I'm getting ready to do my dive. And he's like, all right, you know, you know, we're getting close. You're going to, uh, you're getting ready to do your big dive. Just remember, Ted, remember, just 
don't have that snorkel in. And I'm like, okay, yeah, you already told me that. Like, like leave me alone. I've got to do my big dive, Kirk. And I'm getting ready to do my big dive. I take my breath. And then like, as I'm like diving down, Kirk's like, remember, don't have your snorkel in your mouth. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to punch this guy. And I'm diving down the line and there's Kirk right in front of me. And he's right in front of me. And he's, he's making this weird hand signal. He's like in front of his face and he's pushing it off to the side. I'm like, oh my God, what does this guy want now? I'm looking at him like, what, what does he want? And right. And he, I see him grab the snorkel in front of him and he like tosses out to the left. I'm like, oh my God, I have my snorkel in my mouth. Like, and I take the snorkel out. I come up to the surface. I grab the float. I do my three hook, three cleansing. And I just immediately, I'm like, Kirk, I'm like, it is so important that you understand this. I'm not normally this stupid. I don't understand. Like, I don't know how many times you have to tell me. You told me three times. And, you know, I still couldn't do it. And he just laughed. Don't worry about it. This is part of the deal. But I I remember being told to do things. And I was, I was there. I was, I was all in on the class. I loved every minute of it. And I remember trying to do things and I couldn't do them. And I'm like, what's wrong with me? Like, I'm not, it's not like I'm not paying attention. I'm not, it's not like I'm not focused. I'm trying. And I just, I couldn't do it. And that was so good for me to remember that experience because now I'm down and teaching scuba. Right. So if you're a scuba instructor, uh, one of the skills you have to teach people that can be, it's not, it really is not, but on occasion, some people get freaked out about it, is this whole thing of clearing their mask, right? So they, their mask filled with water and they have to blow out their nose and push the water out of their mask. On rare occasions, you'll get someone that really struggles to do that. I remember being like, okay, so, all right, let's come up. All right, so the reason that the, you notice how the mask is still full, yeah, yeah, the water, yeah, the reason that the water's not coming out of your mask is when you go to blow out, you're blowing out your, your mouth, right? So your mouth is not connected to your mask. So if you blow out your mouth, I mean, you can blow out your mouth all day long and the water's not going to, oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So remember, don't blow out your mouth, blow out your nose, right? We go down again and then it's just the same thing over and over again, like always blowing out the mouth, not the nose. And, you know, I'm trying 10 different ways to, to, to explain it and we do it on dry land and we practice it, you know, and I, now I'm a patient person, uh, but I'm not going to lie. There's times where, you know, something like that's happening in my head. I'm like, what the blow out your nose? I'm like, how many times you're blowing out your mouth, but you have to blow out your nose, blow out your nose, blow out your nose. And it was awesome for me to experience basically that. Obviously, it wasn't clearing the mask, but it was the thing with the snorkel. I was trying so hard to follow what I was told, but I couldn't do it. And it was so good for me because you know, I just realized sometimes it's just, it's just overwhelming. So for me, learning a skill outside of my comfort zone and not being awesome at it, I did not do awesome in that class. I was one of the shallower divers. I think I got only got to like 60 feet. I, you know, it it was just, it, it, it helped me a lot uh, when I went back to teaching scuba. Another thing I remember is I worked uh, in the Keys and we only had one deep wreck dive and it was the Thunderbolt and the decks at like a hundred foot and the sands at like 120, I think. Uh, maybe 130. Gosh, I can't believe I don't remember. Anyway, I remember the decks at a hundred and that was the only deep wreck dive that we did. And so whatever I would do that dive, I, I was not scared of the dive. I was completely comfortable, but that dive was always deep to me. And once I started free diving and I could do a hundred foot free dive, <laughs> that made that dive, the Thunderbolt dive, not deep to me at all. It was just a hundred foot dive, right? So it helped me um, become even more comfortable as a, a scuba instructor uh, because I, it just changed, it changed my perspective on things. 
Another awesome reason for taking a free diving class, if you're a scuba diver or scuba instructor, is you're gonna learn these breathing techniques, which help lower your uh, air consumption. So I, I just, I, I think, I think it makes a lot of sense if you're a scuba instructor to to teach uh, to teach free diving. At least go through the program, and maybe you don't, you know, make a go of it. But it just, it, it seems like it's, to me, it's a complimentary activity. Dive shops are getting better. Uh, when I was started, the the dive shops they used to just they were nothing to do with free diving. They they were so anti free diving. I never understood it. They were like, "But we're going to lose our customers." But if you're teaching the free diving, you're not losing them. You're just selling them more stuff. Like, what what do you mean, lose your customers? What are you talking about? I used to say this all the time. I think dive shops are getting it. But I mean, if you're a, if you're a scuba instructor and a and a free diving instructor. In every scuba class, you should pitch them why they should take a freediving class. And in every freediving class, you should pitch them why they should take a scuba class. Like it, they, they are two different tools for the same job. They both involve being underwater and joining the underwater world. They're just two different ways to do it. The other thing for sure that makes teaching freediving interesting, and especially if you're coming from scuba instructor, is it is so much easier to stand out as a freediving instructor. When I started teaching freediving in 2009, there were probably 10 freediving instructors in the United States, less than 10. Now there's probably between three and 500 instructors, freediving instructors in the U.S. I don't have the exact number for scuba diving, but I mean, there's probably a hundred thousand scuba instructors in the U.S. And, and I, I am a little bit making up that number, but I feel like it's somewhat reasonable. But but my point is, it is so hard to stand out as a scuba instructor. I mean, if you're like trying to say that you know you run the best scuba class, you do it. Like the, there's so many. I mean, like you go down to the keys, there's dive shops everywhere. Like it's so hard to stand out or make a reputation as yourself as a scuba instructor because there's so many. Now, I'm not saying you can't be done. But whew, it's hard. It's really hard to do that. Uh, but in freediving, because it's much smaller, it's just, I mean, it's, it's, of course, it's its easier to stand out. I would imagine every scuba instructor has had this thought. I, I just can tell you, I certainly did all the time. I'm like, wait a minute. I just had four students and they paid the dive shop 400 or 550 bucks each for the, the class. And I got paid like, you know, 150 bucks a day. And I did all the work. I did everything. Wow, that sucks. Like, why can't why can't I just do it all myself? Well, the problem is teaching scuba independently is is difficult. There's lots of things uh, that you have to be able to do. You have to have all the rental gear and the compressors, and you have to find the students and all these things. Uh, and it's just it's just hard. Now, when you teach free diving, it is a lot easier to operate as an independent free diving instructor. What do I mean? I mean, you're not working for someone else. You're not working for the dive shop. If you have five students and you charge them $400 each, you get all the money. It goes right into your account. That's easier to do as a free diving instructor than it is as a scuba instructor, 100%. And I'm actually gonna be getting into more of this in another episode, because I think I'm gonna do an episode where I'm gonna be getting into the roadmap to becoming a successful free diving instructor. And I'm gonna talk about, there's benefits to working for a shop and there's benefits to doing it on your own. Uh, so I'll be addressing that likely in a future episode. When I look back at all the amazing opportunities that teaching freediving gave me, I mean, it's it's crazy, right? I, I, I don't believe any of these things would have been possible had I stayed as a scuba instructor. Several years ago, I got to appear on the Discovery Channel uh, with Tim Kennedy for his show, Hard to Kill. They hired me for like half a day to do all this really cool training with in the pool. We did all this really cool stuff. It was, it was, it was so, so, so fun. And then when the show aired, I was on the show for... 
maybe the the last like 30 seconds of the show for about five seconds. I really, when I'm watching them, I'm like, oh my God, they must have cut it. Uh, but I was on there for about five seconds. But uh, that doesn't mean I can't all over my website say as seen on Discovery Channel with Tim Kennedy. Um, but, you know, I got to do that. I've got to, I mean, a couple of years ago, I got to work with the CEO of Twitter for the executive uh, team in Miami. So that was really cool. Got to Ben Greenfield. I did a private class with him. Has been on his podcast a couple of times. Um, I mean, there's just all these cool things that I got to do as because I was a freediving instructor and I just, I don't believe those things would have been possible had I, had I been uh, teaching scuba. I've got to work with guys in the special forces in the military. I got to do, um, <laughs> I was a stunt double on the Netflix show Bloodline, which is such a, such a good Netflix series. It's awesome. It's based in the keys. It's so good. Every episode is amazing, except for the last episode, which is bad. And the reason it's bad is I'm on it. Like, the show was like perfect until I showed up. And then there's, there's, there's this terrible ending. Uh, but uh, blame it all on me. And I just think that, you know, had I been teaching scuba all this time, I wouldn't have as many of these opportunities. Again, this goes back to there's so few freediving instructors compared to scuba instructors. So if you're trying to stand out, I mean, it just makes sense that it's better to be in an industry that has a lot less people involved in it. My advice, if you want to be a freediving instructor, is focus on standing out. Focus on providing more than. Focus on being better than, different than all the others. When you start that freediving class, right, what is it, 8 o'clock, 7 o'clock, 9 o'clock, whatever it is, focus on doing every single thing you can, as, as hard as you can, to make that student as good as possible during the short time that you work with them. If you can do that, I mean, your students, the testimonies you get, they are going to be a resource that will will provide dividends for, you know, years and years and all these amazing things. I mean, so many things that happened to me weren't luck. It was because I did really, really good job with the student. And then that student told someone something or that student led into other things. You know, I would just, I would just tell you, I mean, it sounds simple, but just really, really focus on, on working as hard as you can with that, that time of the students to make them as good as possible and not clocking in and clocking out. Right. Cause if that's the attitude, then you're going to get a paycheck, but you're, you're not going to be able to stand out if that's what your goal is. I mean, the way I look at it is why me? Like there's nothing special about me, right? If you guys listen to me before, like I'm not an elite athlete. I have a body built by beer, bourbon and barbecue. There's nothing special about me. There's no reason, right. That I should be a good freediver. There's no reason that I should be a good freediving instructor. You know, I'm going to need me and all these things, but I was just really stubborn. Uh, and I stuck at it for a long time. You know, that helps not quitting. <laughs> you be at it for a long time. It definitely, definitely helps. But, you know, I would just tell you teaching freediving is awesome. It's been amazing for me. Uh, if you're on the, if you're thinking about doing it, I, I would just say, I would just say, do it. Definitely listen to the other, the other episode I did. I think it was two episodes ago. Uh, I get into some other stuff about it. And I still say this, right? If you have a uh, the ability to pay for your family or, you know, all that stuff. I would not quit your day job to become a freediving instructor. Now, if you're a freediving instructor or thinking of becoming a freediving instructor, I do have one extremely useful tool uh, that I can use to help help you and your students. 
you may or may not know this, but a lot of students that take a freediving course, they get stuck at 15, 30 feet. They can't equalize their ears past that. And the reason that is, is because they're doing what's called the Valsalva method of equalization, and they need to be doing the Frenzel method of equalization. I will tell you, that is a tricky thing to teach. It took, when I started, I didn't know how to teach that. I can remember having classes where every single student, all five students were stuck at 15 feet. I felt like such a failure. Like they were upset. They're like, this class sucks. Like everyone's stuck at 15 feet. Like clearly you're doing something wrong. Um, so it was so frustrating. So I knew that was something that I needed to figure out. So over the years, I did eventually figure out how to teach this thing called Frenzel. And, you know, I don't like the term expert. I'm not an expert freediver. I'm not an expert competitive freediver. I'm not an expert at dynamic apnea or any of these things. Uh, the one thing I'm happy to say I'm an expert at is I'm an expert at teaching people how to frenzel. No problem claiming to be an expert in that. And eventually, when I got good at teaching that, what it took was it took me an hour. I set aside an hour in the classroom and I called it my hands-on equalizing session. I'd be like, here, pinch my nose, feel that here, put my hand on your stomach here. Let me put my hand on your throat. Yeah. You let me feel that here. Let me put your hand on your stomach. And I would do all these things and I would teach him to do frenzel and it would take me an hour. And I would teach them. I could, if you gave me an hour, I could teach almost everyone to do it. And I'd pat myself on the shoulder and say, oh, Ted, you're such a good instructor, right? And you taught him how to frenzel. And then I'd take him out to the ocean and half the people that learned to do it in the classroom were still stuck at 15 feet. And they couldn't do it. And, I, and, and I'm like, what is your malfunction, right? I, you did it perfectly in the classroom. Why can't you do it in the ocean? And it took me about two years to realize that doing Frenzel sitting in the classroom is very different than doing it upside down, holding your breath, following the line, make sure your elbow's tucked in, kick like this, don't kick like that. Oh my God, is that a shark? What is Ted telling me now, right? It is just a lot of stuff. And so eventually I realized that they needed to learn to frenzel before they came to me. So that's when I started doing Skype sessions. So I think it was on 2013 to 2018, I think. Um, I required every single student to do a one-on-one -on -one Skype session with me. And it would take me an hour with each student, sometimes two if there was issues. So I spent 500 to 1,000 hours saying the same thing over and over and over and over. And oh my God, I'm like, there's got to be a more efficient way to do this. And that's when I created the online course. Uh, and I didn't create to sell it. I created it to give to my students so I didn't have to sit on the Skype for another 1,000 hours. And it was awesome. I gave it to my students. They'd show up at the house and they could frenzel. I didn't have to do anything. Now, what I will tell you is what happens right now is I would say 90% of the people that purchase that program for me took a freediving class, and they got stuck at 15, 30 feet. And when I asked them, did the instructor talk about Frenzel? Sometimes they say no, but most of the time they say yes. They said they talked about it for like five minutes. Like they threw a slide up on it. They talked about it for five minutes. I'm an expert at teaching Frenzel. It takes me an hour, right? And still that doesn't even work because <laughs> they need time. To, they need to do it beforehand. So I definitely think this is something that every freediving instructor has dealt with. If, if you go to the website and, and purchase the course, it's 49 bucks. But what I do for instructors is, and I'm getting more and more instructors that do this, is if you uh, want to purchase uh, them in bulk for your class, right? So I get an instructor to say, hey, uh, my assistant's name is Beatrice. Hey, Beatrice, I need four codes. She'll send you an invoice for 25 bucks per student. And then you get basically four of them that you can give to each student. Each student gets to access that program uh, at no cost to them. Uh, so this is a great way to make that problem go away. So the way I always explain it is, so for 25 bucks, 
per student. I'll make it so you don't have students that get stuck in your class, so they leave your class ecstatic and they're happy, and that's what you want, right? When they get stuck, they don't leave the class saying that was amazing. They leave frustrated. I know I've had so many of my students get stuck like that, right? It sucks. Now, if you raise the price of your course, 25 bucks, now I'm going to do that for you for free. It doesn't cost you anything. And if you're smart, raise the price of your course by 50 bucks. And right now you're going to make money on the deal and you're going to advertise, Hey, the reason you should take my course is I have this awesome program that has a 90% success rate. That's going to make it so you don't get stuck in the shallows. So anyway, if that's something you're interested in, reach out to me. It's very easy to set up. I have more and more instructors do it and they swear by it. And it's awesome. Just like not have that stress of the students getting stuck. Now, if your students never get stuck in the shallows, then obviously that's something you don't need. The other thing I would add is you're like, well, Ted, you know, I already know how to teach Frenzel. Guess what? Kirk Kroc, the founder of Performance Freediving, recently taught a private class for me, a pri private class, right, on this yacht. And he's like, hey, Ted, give me those Frenzel codes, right? And I sold him the, the codes. Does Kirk know how to teach Frenzel? Yeah, of course he does, right? Of course he knows how to teach Frenzel. But he understands I don't want to spend all that time doing it. And I'd rather them, like, I'd rather just class start on day one and they already know that. So, I mean, if it's good enough for Kirk, it's probably good enough for you. Hope you enjoyed this episode. If you're considering being a freediving instructor, I hope this was helpful for you. If you are considering being a freediving instructor, reach out to me because I've got lots of things that I can do uh, to help you. And I'm actually I'm considering doing some courses specifically for people that are considering becoming instructors, talking about the marketing things, whatever. So if you're interested in that, just let me know because if no one's interested, I'm not going to bother to do it. But if a bunch of people say, yeah, Ted, I'd love to do something like that. I've also thought about doing an instructor workshop up here in Georgia, having people come here regardless of agency and, and you know, teach them the things that that can make them become better instructors and, you know, be more marketable and all that sort of stuff. So if you're interested in that, just reach out to me and let me know. If no one's interested, I'm not going to do it. If I get a lot of interest, I might do it. And I definitely think one of the future episodes, not the next one, because uh, I don't want to keep harping on this over and over again, but I am going to do an episode on uh, the roadmap to becoming a successful freediving instructor. Because there's definitely some things that you need to get sorted, in my opinion, to make it work. So I'll be looking forward to doing that episode as well. Thank you for joining me today and listening to this episode. I hope you took something away from the show, whether it was a little nugget that you're like, wow, that was so cool, or maybe you had a big aha moment to help you improve your freediving performance and ability. If this episode helped you in some way, be sure to share this episode with someone you believe it can help. I help you, and you pass it on, and then help someone else. I'm in the process of creating a resource list. This will contain many of the freediving and spearfishing brands that I believe in, as well as many other tools that you will need as you continue to grow your freediving abilities. This resource list will be constantly growing and evolving. You can see it at freedivinglive.com resources. Dive safe out there. It's not even that hard. <laughs>